on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. Thanks to Index If Embedded, you'll be indebted if you have any iframe data that's embedded. <laughs> Flock is officially flying away, and interspace targeting was at the top X of everyone's minds this week. Plus, Instagram tries to reel us in with a remix of their remix feature, but it could have some brands saying, Viddy, oh no. All on today's show. You know what time it is. It's officially Marketing O'Clock. We bring you all the digital marketing news of the week, powered by the digital marketing community. If you want to join the conversation, hit us up. We are at Marketing O'Clock everywhere, and you can join our community on Discord at community.marketingoclock.com. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios in beautiful Buffalo, New York, to bring you our famous Friday news show. You can subscribe to our show at youtube.marketingoclock.com or wherever you consume your podcast. Head over to marketingoclock.com slash newsletter to receive every article we cover straight to your inbox. Hey there, I'm Christine Zernhill. AKA Shep. I'm Jess Budd. And I'm Greg Finn. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on January 28th, 2022. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another fantastic episode. And I have some things to say here. If you were listening to the end of last week, many of you probably didn't. We have a new initiative... <laughs> You missed out. We have a new thing where we made a playlist. You can find it at playlist.marketingoclock.com and um, follow it on Spotify if you do the little heart. I think they call it following or liking. I don't know. We're just adding new songs to this playlist every week. It's supposed to be songs we do marketing to, and it's supposed to be a no judgment zone, I thought. It is. No a one no said zone. that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if, if your song is good, there's no judgment. Yeah. 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 I listen to a lot of Taylor Swift while I do marketing, so I loaded it up with six Taylor Swift songs. That is light for me. And then last week, I decided to add a musical theater selection that had been, you know, really making my week that week. It was Tonight Belongs to You from the Netflix cast of Prom. And Greg shamed me, said it was a terrible song, and then said, this is how little respect he has for the arts. This made me want to go full Picasso. It did. Did I you mean Van Gogh? <laughs> you know, I was so distraught at the time. Like, I, I was thinking in dots, you know? No respect for the arts. <laughs> and that's why I don't, I'm not insulted that you don't yeah. like my music. To be fair, <laughs> I was just assaulted by your song right moments before, and I didn't know what to do. And that's why I'm actually going to issue on behalf of Jess and me and Nicole a marketing apology for even coming up with this idea. Because this was the worst idea we ever had. Jess's song is all metal. Chef's uh, song is all... This song that she put in last week was the worst song I've ever heard. It's worse than all those Christmas songs that we talked about. And it is it is torture. It You're wasn't wrong. good, Chef. I'm sorry. It is ear waterboarding. And One thing's it was universal. Awful. Life's no dress rehearsal. Okay? Exactly. Jess, do you have anything to share today? I just have disclosure out there because this is an audio program. I have clearly lost my voice. It's coming back. It's not COVID. I was tested. I was working all weekend at the beer store, yelling through a mask, lost my voice. Like I said, it's mostly back, but when I laugh, I sound like a weasel. So apologies to our listeners. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> no, don't be. <laughs> Greg, what's up with you? Well, this is my last show under the hill here. Mm. And I just want to give a thanks to both of you for making me feel eternally young. Because you all <laughs> are so unhip and so uncool. 
I feel like I'm always going to be young. That's my new outlook is I come in here and I feel refreshed, reinvigorated like I'm in my 20s again. Yag is just young missing two letters. <laughs> so true. Okay, and before we get into the news here, we are so excited to be sponsored by the one and only Ahrefs this month. If your New Year's resolution was to improve your website's SEO performance and get more traffic from search, we have an amazing offer for you. You can access many of Ahrefs' most loved features at no cost with Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. So you can get the Ahrefs Webmaster Tools over at Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com forward slash A-W-T. And Ahrefs is more than just the normal search console and webmaster tool data that you get from the platforms. You can scan your site for 100 plus common SEO issues while giving you advice. And the best thing is you can mix that data with Ahrefs proprietary information. And one of my favorites is traffic value. So you can not only see some of the volume that's out there and where you can improve and how difficult it is with keyword difficulty, but you can see how much that's actually worth as if you're purchasing it with Google Ads. So you can get all your Webmaster Tools data and traffic value on top of it. Why wouldn't you do this? I have no reason why. We are going to come back in a little bit and tell you some of our favorite things about AWT, but you can see it in action right now at ahrefs.com slash AWT. Almost 1,000 people register for Ahrefs Webmaster Tools every day to improve their website's SEO performance and get more traffic from search, and you should be one of those people. Getting into the main news this week from George Wynn for Search Engine Land, breaking. Google kills Flock, introduces Topics API as its next-gen targeting tech. So Topics was breaking news. I didn't know Flock being killed was going to be breaking news, right? I thought it was just done. I didn't know it wasn't officially announced yet. We just weren't talking about it. We kind of just like let it go. Yes, but now we have some more information about what their next idea is as the third-party cookie goes away. Um, we were watching all this go down in our Discord community, and Sam Kesich had a funny response. He agreed. He said it never really took off. So this is from the article about how Google explains what Topics is. It says, with Topics, your browser determines a handful of topics, like fitness or travel. One of those would be for me. The other one wouldn't be. <laughs> that represent your top interests for that week based on your browsing history. When a user visits a participating site, Topics selects three topics to share, one from each of the previous three weeks with the site and its advertising partners. Up to five topics are associated with the browser. Topics are stored for three weeks with topic selection occurring on the device without involving any external servers, including Google's own servers. Then in the um, GitHub article about this, it also says that there is a 5% chance that a random topic is re returned and Quote, 5% noise is introduced to ensure that each topic has a minimum number minimum number of members. Google says that they're going to test this soon with roughly 350 topics, which isn't a lot. A lot of people have been pointing out. And I think my first thought with this is that Flock obviously failed to meet people's privacy standards. That was one of the biggest concerns. This definitely seems more privacy safe. Um, they said they're giving internet users more control and people will have the option to remove topics or disable topics entirely. That's really nice. I want people to have more control. They also said there won't be topic, topics for sensitive categories like race or sexual orientation. I think there's a lot of concerns here for advertisers ahead of the test and really knowing how it works. First of all, the limited number of topics available, 350 just does not seem like a lot to me. I know there's like I think close to a thousand in market audiences alone and then only having 350 topics. I don't really 
get how that would add up. And then the three week thing, like me and Greg were talking about, there's longer sales cycles. Much. It just seems kind of concerning. Um, but we're going to have to, again, this test hasn't happened yet, so we're going to have to see how it's looking as it rolls out. And then Sam Kessich agreed to that too. He said three weeks seems like a short amount of time to attribute a topic to use. And I saw a, a Shep over on Search Engine Land talking about your thoughts on this as well. Yeah. And you have some great points in that article. <laughs> they're mostly the points I just made. <laughs> <laughs> we can check but that out. But they're on writing. <laughs> I believe Julie Salt J is in there as well and Brad Geddes and a few other folks. So if you want other insight outside of this, go check that out. Was the hot to- I'll definitely miss the name Flock. Topics just isn't as fun. And it's confusing because it's like already a thing in Google Ads. And it's Flock, very, good like, very broad too. It's like topics. <laughs> the article, yeah, the article is so hard to read on here because it was like, Topics will choose topics and target topics. Like it's so confusing. And Flocky could just talk about the birds. It was fun to spell with a little O. We're gonna yeah. miss it. And the funny thing is too, they never actually. I, I'm, I'm gonna miss the word cohorts. That's one mm. word I've really come to love and enjoy. And the funny thing <laughs> is, Flock never actually used the cohort technology. They did their own oh. thing on on browsers. So, uh, yeah, rest in in peace, Flock. <laughs> All right, and next up from Google, there is a new robots tag, and the tag is all one word, index if embedded. And this tag is going to give you more control over when your content is indexed. So you can tell Google now, you basically could say that a page has no index on there that is going to be embedded, and none of it would show before. So if you put no index on there, it will, that page that you're hosting will not show. And then the partner that is, you know, iframing that page, that content will also not be crawled. But that's where if index, or sorry, that's where index, if embedded, comes <laughs> into play. Because what you can do with this is you can keep the no index on there and your content won't be crawled. But if the index, if embedded is on there, your partner can have that iframe embedded. So I'll give a real world example for this. Let's do a quick hypothetical. Shep is quitting marketing to go become a biologist. Okay. And let's go start first. Real world example. Yes. She's got a theory about the true intentions of rats and that they're actually growing and having a plan to overthrow society. I'm she's really become, upset about this. She's become the leading rat expert in the world and she's got lots of charts She's taken after Barry, and she's got all the charts. And she's got information about the thickness of coats. I'm going to throw up. The lengths of tails, the sharpness of teeth. I'm so upset. And everybody is clamoring for her charts. But she leaves them unbranded so that somebody can embed them and not have, uh, you know, the shoprats.com domain <laughs> show up. <laughs> so she could put the no index on her charts and the index if embedded so that when National Geographic licenses out her rat charts, her charts won't show up, but National Geographic's charts will. So it lets her not steal all that content or not have these you know, white-labeled charts about rat tails show up, and National Geographic can get all the play. Make sense? She's so upset with you. The looks she's been giving. I just thinking about the tail. The length of tail? Well, it's going up, right? No. 
Um, but I, I dig this, and you can do it with either a meta tag, or you can put an HTTP header. You can combine it with a noindex. You can do noindex, comma, index, if embedded. It's actually a really cool way to give extra value to those folks that are paying for that um, fantastic vermin content that Shep is offering. Those aren't my people. Everything about that story wasn't believable. <laughs> Did it make sense, though? Yeah. Yeah. Congrats. <laughs> Congrats. Yeah, that's what I was going to Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up, Remix. My <laughs> career as a 90s DJ clearly didn't pan out, especially with this deep voice I have. So remember last spring when Instagram stole TikTok's duet feature that allowed users to remix reels? Do you guys remember that? Maybe. Yeah. Well, if you don't, because yep. I didn't, I had to look back. It's basically when someone records a reaction to a reel and it plays alongside said reel. It's real awesome. So that happened a long time ago. Now Instagram is re-remixing the feature with a new update per their Twitter. We love seeing our community get creative with a remix moment on reels, sunglasses, emoji. Starting today, we are rolling out a feature where you can remix any new public video that you see on Instagram. Raised hands emoji. Videos prior to this launch will not be affected. So to reiterate, that's any video, any public video, not just Reels content. For non-Reels, you will have access to the Reels editing features like voiceover and effects. You could basically turn a, so a video post reels. into a Reel. Yeah. It's all Reels. Yes. It is all happening. It's all Reels. Some caveats. This only applies to videos that are posted from the launch forward. So if you had a public video that was posted a month ago, you won't be able to remix that. So any non-reels posted prior to this rollout are not eligible. Creators will be able to block the remixing of their content, but it's an opt-out, not an opt-in. You can check your reels and remix control settings if you want to stop that. And even if you leave it on generally, you will still have the ability to block the remixing of specific videos as well, which I think is a really nice level of control. Uh, things you might be posting that you just don't want to be messed with. I think that's really nice. Um, TechCrunch covered this and made an interesting point too. This is a quote. With the launch of remixes for public videos, Instagram seems to assume that everyone with a public account intends to be a creator and is open to the idea of having their content repurposed by other users, which is not necessarily the case. Yeah. It, more on that later. Not me. Stay tuned for the social lightning round. But I think that's totally valid on a personal level, but also professional. Like there's brands out there, they're posting content, they want it to be seen. It could be a nice thing for discovery if somebody's remixing and they have something positive to say, but people suck. Like, not everything that people do is nice and you could remix yeah. something and totally trash a brand. So just be thinking about this, marketers out there. I don't know. I don't know. I, it, I like didn't care up until I got to this point that it's just like any, if you have a public profile out there, then you could be remixed. So I think for the good marketers listening, and that's all of you, like pay attention to this. Maybe there's some things you want to control and not allow I'm this for. I'm scared of it. I'm going to think twice before I ever post a video. Yeah. Any video, not just reels. Okay, you'll Navara guest who announced a bunch of new TikTok features this week. It's Matt Navara, at Matt Navara. Okay, so this is all in a Twitter thread. Some of these are cool, some of these aren't. Let me know what you think. So the first is TikTok is working on a TikTok avatars feature. The features let you use your phone's camera to take a selfie with a facial expression, which your avatar will match. You will be able to fully customize the look of your avatar. So it's basically those me emojis on iPhone. I don't know who asked for this, but it does lead me to the question. Greg is not on TikTok, but could Greg with two Gs be on TikTok? 
Yes, I actually have a Bitmoji of myself that <laughs> that back in the Bitmoji made of me. It took a picture of my face, and it was maybe the most accurate it representation looks of myself. Absolutely nothing like him. You're we'll gonna have put to it up right on the video. Oh, it's on my head right okay. now. <laughs> okay, so we'll have to see if he's on there. Greg with two G's. Next, keyword filtering for feeds. TikTok may soon let you add keywords or hashtags to filter out from your feeds. When you add a keyword filter, TikTok will no longer show you videos containing the word in a video's description or stickers in your free you page or following feeds. I love this. I will be filtering out the term rats. What is it? We need to have an We're not going to be able to get your charts. What is the problem with you and rats? They're like... They're like the hummingbird of the ground. It's They're so cute, triggering. Little it's so things. nice. They just sniff around. They've got the nicest, longest whiskers. They have those teeth. pink tails. No. For some reason, they really think I live in New York on TikTok. So part of it is like cool historical videos about the buildings and their history, and I'm really into that. So that's probably why they think I live in New York. But then another part of it is some videos of rats sometimes. People being like, oh, can you relate? I'm like, no, get this out of my face. And then another part is there's this whole trend where there's these rich millennials who like don't seem to work and it'll be like day in the life and they're like filling up their bathtub and lighting candles in their fancy apartment and I don't know who wants to watch that. I was wondering where rats came in on the last one, but they didn't. <laughs> because it's all because they think I live in New York. It's like a New York City apartment. I went to New, New York, York with City you elite. once and we saw the biggest rat. I know. Ever. We have a picture as well, but I, I do not think I have authorization to post that. From me? Yeah. You've posted it in a video before. <laughs> oh, so good. Do it again. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I think that's a really great idea. I don't know about this one. Actually, this is good. Group chat feature. TikTok is exploring a group chat feature with the availability to invite others via a shareable link. So I would make a group um, called Housewives with my only friend, Jarrett, and my future sister-in-law, Sachi, and we could talk about our Housewives videos. Uh, for audio-only live, TikTok appears to be working on an audio-only live feature. Oh, oh, thank goodness. I said that twice. I thought we left that in 2021, but I guess we're still rolling it out. (laughs) Similar to something like Twitter Spaces. I don't know who wants this anymore, but great. Screen sharing in live. That sounds terrifying. (laughs) I don't even like sharing my screen on my desktop with two monitors. I get nervous. Can you imagine you're in the app? You got to close the app and open whatever you're trying to show. Your mom texts you like, washed your underwear. You know, your mom washes your underwear. No, but I'm not on TikTok either. So since we're doing real world examples today. Yeah, like you never know what you're like. People might be getting like inappropriate texts and all of a sudden it's TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) They are also testing subscription features for live streams. These could include subscriber only. How do you say this? Emotes? Emotes? These are Twitch specific emojis, apparently. Not emojis. It's not like a mummy. It could have been in Spanish. I don't know. Oh, emotes? Who would say that? Or subscriber only commenting. That seems like a no brainer to me. Six. TikTok now has live subscription options in the settings menu. I don't know where they were before. And it will list your active and expired live subscription. So, I don't know. You like to see them testing new things. You guys would both like TikTok if you were on it. No, I don't have time for that. I may join. Yeah. Fred Durst. Oh, my God. On his Instagram, all he does is share TikToks from this. I forgot what it's called. It's called, like, 
VCR play or something like that. It's all these weird old videos from the yeah. days of VCR. And it's really funny. There's and it, a it's a TikTok I can stuff. get behind. I have a lot of videos of like nostalgic dolls that I used to play with. That's weird. <laughs> so I just want to say something really quick to the audience out here. Um, there is nothing more on brand than what those two just said. Just being lured to TikTok. In the year 2022 <laughs> by one Fred Durst <laughs> and Shep and Dolls. Most of the conversations I've had with Shep have been doll related or housewife related. That's why she got hired here. She, wrote she literally wrote party. essay about a doll. And I'm like, this person's got it. I swear to God. I'm like, I've never read anything like this. We need to have this person here. <laughs> is that? Is there any hyperbole? No. It was an essay fully about Barbie. It was about a Barbie <laughs> ad campaign. Oh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't feel that. I felt that like you really like Barbies. <laughs> I also felt like you hated Ken for some reason. <laughs> I mean, he should commit or like get over it, you know? Now it's time for this week's take of the week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up just for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. All right. This week's take of the week comes from Salt J herself by way of PPC Greg and Lawrence Chassie. And PPC Greg shared a screenshot that he had in his account that had activate smart matching, run smart matching, review your smart matching, and smart matching experiments as a way that you could filter some items. Did you know how this was first announced to me? I think you missed it. No. PPC Greg quoted me on the show last week when I said Broadmatch needs rebranding and sent the picture of Smart Oh, yes, I did see that. And I received it at 9.30 p.m. on a Friday night. You responded, too. Yes, I did. Because, But may I recommend PPC Greg? Cheer on Netflix. That's what I was watching. If you need something to do with your Friday night, great show. Okay, stop working. So I am very interested in this watermelon diet that I found out about on the Cheer series. where It's not that in-depth. You eat, it's very in-depth. You only eat watermelons for three days, but you can only have one watermelon a day, and it's a, a detox. Yeah, it's all water, right? But where's the detox come from? Do you eat the seeds? Can I eat the seeds on the watermelon diet? I think so. I mean, I'd, I'd have to eat the seeds. If I only get one watermelon a day, I'm eating the seeds. What about the rind? I'm rind? eating the rind, too. Yeah. I'm cooking. I'm, I'm, like, boiling the rind. They were just cutting up the pieces and putting it in plastic bags. <laughs> I think it was just Gabby Butler, and if you saw her, you'd understand. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> but anyway... PPC Greg tweeted that on a Monday morning. I said, shake my head. It's too early for Monday on the, for this, Greg. How dare you? And then Lawrence responded by saying, they may be overdoing the, quote, smart, end quote, thing a bit too much, to which Julie Baccini came in from the top ropes and said, so are all of our current matches dumb then? I mean, it sure feels like a lot are when you look at your SQRs, search query reports, or at least for the queries you can see. And then she ended up by saying, figured I'd touch all the pain points this Monday morning. Thanks. And when everything is smart and everything is optimized and everything is performance to the max, then none of it is. It's like, it's the thing, I say it all the time. When you bold everything on a page, nothing is bold. And when everything is just to the max and optimized, you, you're just making everything dumber by this. And I'm with Julie. Now it's time for this week's ICYMI. This is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked. But you shouldn't have. ICYMI people from Andrew Loke at Andrew Loke on Twitter. He said, PPC chat. Sometimes it baffles me how agencies just take best practices as it's a commandment. 
like how like the new recommendation to run DSA ad groups. That was from the Google Ads Expert series last week. He says your campaign structure means nothing now. The second you add DSA ad groups to existing campaigns, you invite any and all keywords. The only way to use DSA ad groups is having a campaign structure based on landing pages, not keywords, but no one does this. We do. Yes. Why would you put it all together? It's I, a, a recipe for madness. It makes no sense, and it's just terrifying that they just said that blanket statement on the ex- expert series, air quotes, and people mm-hmm. are just going to listen to it, like he says, and take it as a commandment. I, don't, I think I said the same thing last week when, when it, they announced that. You That's, did. It's horrid advice. So in conclusion, he says, I admire anyone who flies too close to the sun and breaks stuff in an attempt to find new ways of outperforming old Google ad setups, but understand that the best practices you implement have to fit together. Otherwise, you're just flying blind. It's kind of poetic. That's love it. deep. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. Really makes you think. Thanks, Andrew. Now it's time for this week's pew, pew. lightning round. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts, paid, organic, and social. Before we get into this week's lightning round news, I want to remind you that today's episode is sponsored by Ahrefs. As you may know, if you pay attention to me on previous episodes, Ahrefs Webmaster Tools is the free version of Ahrefs. And with it, you can access some of the most beloved Ahrefs tools, Site Explorer and Site Audit. But it's really like a million tools. They both have like a million tools within them. So it's not just two. And what is even more amazing about AWT is that you aren't limited to just one website with this free version. If you have Search Console console access for your clients, you can verify those sites in AWT using Search Console. It's unbelievable when you log in and you see a dashboard of all your client sites and you can see health scores and like everything that's going on with them right away. It's a really nice view. And I just can't believe it's the free version. It's unbelievable. And I think one sign of a good tool is when people enjoy talking about it. And mm-hmm. in our Discord, Brett Westerman comes out and is advocating for our sponsor, which mm-hmm. is amazing. He says, I know HRS is a recent sponsor of the show. I'll be right up front evangelizing the platform. Pro tip of the day that I sometimes forget is their keyword research tool offers a variety of search engines to check volume. And you can look at volume by Google, YouTube, Amazon, Bing, Yahoo, Yandex, and a whole bunch of others. So even if you want it like South Korean um, examples, you can do that. That's outside of AWT, but it's just, a, again, like just a stamp of approval for HRFs and testing it out. And AWT is equally as awesome. Yes. And if you want to try it for yourself, you can do so at ahrefs.com slash AWT. It is difficult to spell, but it is so easy to sign up and use. Please tell them Marketing O'Clock sent you. Thanks, Ahrefs. And we have an article from Danny Goodwin. Is this his Search Engine Land debut on our show? It might be. I think it might be. He's been killing it over at Search Engine Land. He's got these daily debriefs now. And he was talking about like the Microsoft... Um, stock information and the percentage of LinkedIn ads. It's great. It's great having him at Search Engine Land. Yes. And in this article, Danny says that Google has confirmed a small experiment that might help users more easily identify an advertiser by including their favicon in the URL. Did you guys see this? Brett Westerman responded in Discord and said, despite being my least favorite word to say out loud, favicons bring that mobile SERP benefit to SEO and now this potential PPC boost. That a boy, Favicon. Way to prove me wrong. So this example is for Uber Eats, and it has the pizza Favicon. And it looks kind of cute. Can, and it, can I say something? I don't think this is a Favicon. 
This is like a pizza emoji. And, and it's not Emotech. from the Uber Eats site. Emotech. Well, <laughs> what, like if you if you look up Uber Eats in the organic search and you see what comes up, I'd imagine that it's not just pizza. So this seems like it's maybe customized, but yeah, it is pizza. Oh, it is. From it Uber is? Eats? Okay, so I take it all back. Wow. It is their it is their favorite. Why would they do that? That's a ridiculous thing. It's that's like a dumb thing the, for that's Uber like Eats to do. That's like the last thing you order from Uber Eats. Like you get pizza from your local pizza shop. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Why would they do that? But I wanted to get your take on the name of this restaurant, <laughs> Spicy Affairs Delivery. What do you guys, it. as two spicy fans? I, I know you're going to hate it. I know you're going to hate it. I just Shana. think it's a little like reachy. I don't know. Spicy, spicy Affairs? Affair? It's like a Fabio thing, right? Oh, you know my favorite like story about Like a romance novel? Fabio? Do you have a story? The roller coaster? Yeah, one of the least <laughs> yeah. known amusement parks that's so good in America is Busch Gardens Williamsburg, beautiful, clean, mini Disney World. Fabio went to open. It's Fabio. Fabio. <laughs> Favicon. Fabio, yeah. <laughs> went to open. <laughs> a polished cherry got hit in the nose with a bird. The like, whole internet has seen this, by the way. <laughs> yeah, everybody knows. I didn't everybody know, listening I didn't know right which now. theme park it was. And but. he's bleeding everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've ridden it. Front row many times. Does that ever happen to you? No, Probably not. You have I a beautiful have nose. nose. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Shots fired at Fabio. Jeez. He's not listening. He's not. He's ordering from Spicy Affairs. Okay. Someone who's not ordering from Spicy Affairs, George Wynn. This article is called <laughs> Google Ads Launches Placement Reports for Performance Max Campaigns. Dot, dot, dot. This is me with the dot, dot, dot. With no click data. <laughs> it is helpful. the dumbest report you could ever oh, make. No. You get to see this performance match report, and it's like you see all this data that you can generally pull into a report. It's all grayed out. Only thing you can see is impressions. It's ridiculous. I mean, I appreciate the fact you can see impressions, but. I can imagine the emotional roller coaster. That's just like Fabio. Yeah, and the whole report's a giant bird at your face. <laughs> Not ideal. From AdWorld Experience at AdWEXP on Twitter, Google Ads added more metrics to chart options, including custom columns. So we were saying thanks, guys, sarcastic about Google Ads, but AdWorld Experience says thanks, guys, in a serious <laughs> way. That's very helpful to have a rapid glance of what's happened in, a cam in campaign history. That's nice, though, for charts. Yes. Yes. I, I appreciate it for charts. I know, but it's just you funny. You know me and charts. I just think like saying thanks, guys, about Google ads would always sound sarcastic, but it was actually a good <laughs> oh, thing. <my. laughs> and from Julie Bacini at Neptune Mood, really excited news from Microsoft Advertising. There is truly no minimum spend required to use Customer Match. This is great news for smaller advertisers. Julie's always looking out for the little guys. And that is a very exciting announcement. And I hadn't seen it anywhere. So I'm assuming she saw it in the wild. That's great news. Chris Ridley saw something scary this week and reported it from his at C underscore J underscore Ridley Twitter account. He asked, is Google Ads planning to remove location targeting first spotted by the Joe Schmo, S-H-M-O-W. Google Ads has removed location targeting option within the locations tab. It now only has excluded and per shop reports as options. So good news here is this was a bug. Ginny responded and said that this affected some campaigns that has been removed and you should now see locations page in Google Ads. That's just the stuff of nightmares. Well, oh, we have a source here from Greg Finn. Oh. Oh, I know him. That old fella, that old bag of bones. <laughs> Still young when this was written. 
<laughs> this is called TCPA may be going away, may not be going away yet. I just misquoted you. Yes. Fake news. <laughs> but it should. Okay, Greg, want to give us the quick TLDR on your article that I didn't read. Actually, I did. <laughs> when that expert series Welcome to 2022 came out, they were there was not many nice things to be said about TCPA or maximized conversions. And it wasn't just once, it was at the beginning when they said they want to leave it away, they said they're moving away from it, and they said they don't recommend it anymore. And generally speaking, with Google Ads, when there's smoke, there's fire. And this is just an idea, a time, if you've got multiple conversion points and you can con be have a conversion on your contact page, if you can have a conversion for this requested demo, if you can have a chatbot you know, conversion, giving those different weights can be actually very beneficial because you still probably want some of those main touch points that can turn into sales, especially for, I'm talking about like longer sales cycles projects, but trying to figure out what those are truly worth to you, looking at historical data or setting it up now so that if that change does happen, you're prepared for it. Just wanted to put that article out there and I put together a couple of equations and things like that in there. So if this does come true, hopefully you should be prepared because I just told it to you today. Yep, and it was on Search Engine Land, and we will have it in Discord and in our newsletter. Barry Schwartz told us this week that Google now allows businesses to request their own background check company for local service ads. That sounds like a good thing. Okay, now I have this article about this gentleman, and it is called Small Business Fights for $12,000 Refund of Unauthorized Charges from Google Ads. So I was kind of at hmm. first like, yes, I was a champion for this guy. It's got an amazing image of him, arms crossed in front of his computer, and he's really zoomed in on the screen of a Google Ads help document that's clearly not helping him. <laughs> and it says AdWords right on the front. So that might oh. actually be true. Yes. So <laughs> I was really into this, but clearly that article didn't help that guy this much because I realized that first of all, he owns a marketing agency. I thought he was the business advertising. Oh. And he didn't notice that Google Ads raised the budget from $63 a day to $200 a day for three months. Three months! <laughs> Quote, the week that the budget was adjusted, I was happily sipping cocktails on LBI, I don't know what that is, during a week-long vacation with my family. Okay, Good get someone to watch your stuff. Like, it's called responsibility? Well, he delegation? the agency. LB, Long Beach Island? I don't know. Actually, it was a New Jersey article, so that sounds right. It is Long Beach Island. Wow. Great job. Look at that. Thank you. So Wait, put that down for clocks. <laughs> eventually, he got his refund. The ending quote of this really hits too close to home. First of all, he said, the experience has not made me a big fan of Google, but what choice do I have? If there was any other game in town, I would try it. That should be their slogan. There are other games. Google, if there's any other game in town, you should try. Also, this is Photoshopped. He's not really in front of that no, computer. Oh, okay. Just checking. He's at LBI. You don't think it's good execution? Yeah, this is literally him, like, conference calling his clients from LBI, like, from the beach. Just so you know, I'm, I'm reading. I made an office, I swear. The article also, he said AdWords in a quote. Oh, I, I feel kind of bad. I shouldn't. Okay. From Chris Ridley, he asked, has anyone else been informed by their Google ads rep that OptiScore directly impacts your CPCs? Uh, 
Was this mentioned in any webinars of documentation? So he has an email. It doesn't say who it's from. Hi, Chris. Great chatting with you today. Here's a summary of the topics discussed. Optiscores, really important. All caps, really All important. caps. Please have them above 90% ASAP, if possible, before the end of the week. It affects your CPCs and therefore your CPAs and ROAS directly. The list of accounts in my portfolio are listed in my previous email. So there were lots of responses here. <laughs> Craig, your shirt. <laughs> I, I'm, I didn't mean to wear it. He's wearing his hashtag criminal shirt. I need to uh, zen out or I'm going to freak yeah, out. Yeah, feel bad. Feel free to jump in here because... If you want. I'm just I ready to give bad. this person my social security number and, and some gift cards for $500. <laughs> Spam. Julie responded from her at Neptune Moon Twitter account and said, can we talk about how mess it up it is that these reps have these kinds of incentives for a minute? Reps should make you aware of new things and explain new things, but not have incentives to push you to do them. I shouldn't have to, quote, help a rep by doing BS stuff in my accounts. And it's just like coincidental that it's very important that it's done by the end of the week, knowing that February is next week. Weird. Yeah. Mm. And I feel like they just know when you put time frames on things, people just like jump to do them. I don't know. Chris Ridley said, my job is not to do the Google rep a favor. My job is to do the best for my clients and their business. If the Google rep can explain to me why a certain recommendation will improve the specific account, then I would. I'm not one to blindly apply changes to my accounts. And so I, true. I believe that was in response to Jill Saskin Gales, who said there are a few out there of these recommendations that can check it off for this rep, get them on their way without impacting performance. And Chris is like, I don't want to. It's not yeah, my job. Why do we? Right. Why? And that's when I came in. And I said, yes. I wholeheartedly agree with Chris. Again, I, I appreciate Jill. I appreciate her takes. I appreciate what she's bringing to the community. But I think that that's a bad take is when somebody sends you this this letter that is clearly misinformed or if they're right, then it's something nobody knows about and, uh, and that you can actually have lower CPCs if your Opti score is in, uh, above 90%, which is incorrect. I'm just going to go out There's there and no say way. at yes, least from what no we way. know. I agree with Chris. I don't think you should make those changes to just appease the rep and have good two-way communication. I think if somebody is coming here and they're peddling fear, uncertainty, and doubt and trying to do a, a misinformation campaign to trick me into putting these different recommendations through that I don't want, I don't think you should do that. I get it if you've got a rep and they're really helpful and they're able to put like negate brand terms out of your performance max or smart shopping campaigns or something we talked about on the smart shopping uh, marketing talk with PPC Kirk and Pamela Lund. I get that. Then you might want to. But if you're out there, and you're giving me misinformation saying you got to do it, giving me these all caps, it needs to be done by the end of the week. And Chris said that was the same thing that he had on the actual call, that it was misinformation. It wasn't just like interpreted wrong by people. I would not do that. That person should be fired. That is not the way that you go about getting it because Manhamani goes on to talk about the fact that, yes, th that is how many reps get paid is based off of these incentives and that the Opti score is, according to Menahamani, at Menahamani on Twitter, he says, Google measures the reps based on the Opti score in their book of business. They have no choice but to push it. It's only one of many KPIs to be, to, to my understanding. They're not support their sales. 
And that's mm. what Jill in this in this thread goes on to say. She says that all these low level folks are more sales than support. And then Julie and I were going back and say, well, then call them sales because you get a Google rep contacting a small business and they think it's like manna from heaven. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this Google rep cares about me. And they couldn't care less about you. They're trying to put you in these auto applied things so they can get paid. They are not a specialist in anything except making themselves more money. And that's the truth of it all. And everybody, it's like a, a, a horrible relationship where what they do out there is to impact themselves and they just are like parasites. It's a parasitic, I, I just, I'm, I hate this so much. And yes, there are good reps out there. That's great. But there are far more worse reps out there. And to get a good rep, you have to spend a ton of money. And then it doesn't put you on the same playing field in the same level as somebody that spends less, a mom and pop, against a larger company out there because you don't have a rep that's good. You have a specialist that is trying to increase their opt score so they can make more money. And that's the problem with this whole thing. I don't know any other way to explain. This is a huge problem that is not going away and Google doesn't want it to go away. They just want more sales. They don't care about you. They care about the bottom line, and they always have. Ranch of the Year candidate. I'm opening the document. (laughs) I tagged you in a comment. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag criminal. Yeah, that's really, really terrible. I can't believe the way they just send the email and act like, with nothing to back up, that that's going to help your CPCs. I don't even know. It's no, they just threw sickening. in as many acronyms as they could to sound like it matters. Totally. <laughs> and to be to be completely fair, there are fantastic Google reps out there. You just will never see them if you are a small account. Actually, if you're a small or medium-sized business, you will never get a good Google rep. You will maybe get somebody that can somewhat help if you get one of the growth people and you, you really work them really well. But there are very good reps out there. And I'm not throwing the baby out with the bathwater on this. I'm just throwing out the bathwater because somebody shit all over it. Actually, I just noticed something. I know we're wrapping up here, but it says it affects your CPCs and therefore your CPAs and ROAS directly. Yeah, it affects them. Your up to score will affect them. I don't know if it's positive or negative. Yeah, it's going to make everything go up. (laughs) Your CPCs are going to go up. Your ROAS is going to go down and your CPA is And your baby's going to go out with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is there good anything good happening in organic? Yeah, there's a lot of great stuff. <laughs> First up, from Google Analytics, there was a message that said, hello, Google Analytics user. And essentially, they're going to be upgrading your properties to the data-driven attribution. This m- should help most uh, folks that have a website. What do you even call that these days? What is folks the re- that have a website? You can't. It's not webmasters, it's not right. web owners, it's... Website proprietors. So if you're a website proprietor, <laughs> then that's going to help you, hopefully. Now, what I will say that is, you know, doom and gloom Greg here, is you need to know that the data-driven attribution, you will not know what that is. You will not be given what the specific percentage is that Google thinks is most impactful to your site. Now, if, let's just say hypothetical, I'm not alleging anything. If there was hypothetically a company that we know there was an alleged lawsuit against for, let's say, slowing down certain technology that wasn't used by, that wasn't their own. Like maybe we AMP. can call it, <clears throat> yeah, ramp or something like that. <laughs> you know, my concern is, do you trust data-driven attribution? Now, seeing that there's 
information in the past and current uh, that may cause distrust, I would say, look at your data-driven attribution. I hope it works really well, but look at other things too. If it seems like your Google Ads numbers are high and inflated, look at the whole picture. There's nothing wrong with looking at all the different attribution models out there. All right, the next up from Julie Bacini at Neptune Moon on Twitter. Ever heard of her? I have. <laughs> she says, it's amazing how many platforms do not currently natively support using a GA4 property. The only ones that do are like Google Sites, WordPress, WooCommerce, Wix. Funny enough, Blogger doesn't, which is a Google <laughs> company. And just remember, just because there's not native integration, you can still, if you get Tag Manager on, you can get GA4 on. So don't let that stop you. And next up from Glenn Gabe, at Glenn Gabe on Twitter, he says, another powerful lesson that renting on another platform can lead to bad things. They can turn your site off and you can lose years of work. This is due to a false DMCA takedown and Blogger removed the site. Damien responded, which is great. And the example is for Fantasy Book Critic. This is like the most wholesome thread I've ever read. They have hundreds of thousands of reviews on Fantasy Books and links off to everything, and they don't use affiliate links on anything. They're like, we don't want to monetize anything. We're just doing this for fun. Everything's free. And I think it was HarperCollins and Penguin. It was two of the bigger publishers, and they had put in a complaint and blogger removed the entire site. And they had nothing they could do because like, they have to go through the process of dealing with Google. And as we know, Google puts all their efforts towards sales reps. And thankfully, they got everything back due to Danny. Danny Sullivan is the best. Um, but they said, for whatever reason, we still don't know why our reviews were flagged. Our review posts were listed together with torrent sites and websites offering priority content. Unfortunately, Google has already removed the blog. We simply don't know if and when it'll be restored, we submitted a counterclaim, but if a real person doesn't look into it, it can take ages. As far as we've learned, at Google can keep deleted content for 30 to 90 days. It's confusing. We hope everything can be righted, but nothing is sure. <clears throat> but they got everything back, and it's just an example. Like, if you're on a property that you don't own and you have no control of, you could be the most wholesome site in the world, like Fantasy Book Critic, and you can still get taken down. Sounds more like a horror than fantasy. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> New spinoff site. <laughs> Wait, what's that noise? It's time for Barry's Charts with Greg. All right, and there, I guess, were two updates, potential updates, unconfirmed, that Barry Schwartz reported on. One was appeared to be on the 15th, and there was one on the 19th and 20th. So we'll look at the 19th and 20th for all intents and purposes. There's not a whole lot of rhyme or reason yet as to what's going on. But it does appear, looking at all these different charts Barry has, that there was a bunch of movement here from January 15th on. And there were just two charts that really stuck out to me this week. This week. Uh, cognitive SEO, it was just, it was really nice looking. If you go from just January. <laughs> it looks like every chart every no, week. No, no. If you look at the back end of January, <laughs> it looks like the Cameroonian flag. It's just a very nice green, red, and then orange blocks. It just... You know, it just made me feel like uh, like I'm FIFA World Cup. So I appreciated that. And then the other thing that I really enjoyed is Barry is reporting on this, but the SERP metrics chart was so far down and it jumped up on January 19th, but it's still below the entire month of December. So SERP metrics wins because it's <laughs> still like half of what we saw in December. So I appreciated that. That this is a spike, but it just shows how absolutely <laughs> bat heck crazy the end of the year was for 
Google and the SERPs. I can almost see the bird around January 16th <laughs> flying towards fate. Uh, what was his name? Fabio. Fabio. Yeah, Fabio. <laughs> and this has been Barry Charts with Greg, an audio program about visual charts. All right, and next up from Variety and YouTube, uh, Susan Wojcicki, the head of YouTube, had a letter, and it's called Letter from Susan, our 2022 priorities. <laughs> and the big things are YouTube sh- <laughs> Like I could never, I ne- I do not have enough swag. To be like, hey, everybody, letter from Greg. Well, could I you just, imagine? I feel like shows a letter from Greg. I'd rather be than do that. Every single person has like an Aunt Susan. I have two, so that's just why it made me giggle. Do you have an Aunt Susan? I do. We call her Sue, but I giggled for the same reason. Like I don't want her letters. Anyway. Love you. In the letter from Susan, uh, YouTube Shorts tops five trillion views to date, which was the big lead on it. I still, to this day, do not know a single soul that's ever purposely viewed a short. I've never seen one at all. I can't have shorts and tops next yeah. to each other. That's a whole outfit. <laughs> and I, I honestly think that most of those were not intentional. And if you have to look at <laughs> engagement or anything, there is nothing about engagement on there. I still think shorts is the absolute worst move that YouTube's ever made. And then... One of the other biggest moves, that the dumbest moves that, that dear Susan made here was about removing the public dislike counts. And she said, we heard from many of you about the removal of dislike, public dislike counts on YouTube. And I know this decision was controversial. Some of you mentioned dislikes help you decide what videos to watch. However, people dislike videos for many reasons, including some that have nothing to do with the video, which means it's not always an accurate way to select videos to watch. I get it. I understand that. But dislikes are very, very helpful. And why do you think YouTube got to where they are? They used to have a star system, and then they added the the like and dislike system. And then this is the part that drives me crazy and gives me no hope for anything I do for any advertiser. And I, I don't mean that like it's me. I mean it because it's the tools I have to work with from this company. She says, we also saw the dislike count harming parts of our ecosystem through dislike attacks as people actively work to drive up the number of dislikes on a creator's videos. These attacks often targeted smaller creators and those just getting started. We want every creator to feel like they can express themselves without harassment. So we experimented with removing the dislike count across millions of videos over many months. Every way we looked at it, we did not see a meaningful difference in viewership regardless of whether or not there's a public dislike count. And importantly, it reduced dislike attacks. I am trusting your machine learning and AI algorithms on millions of dollars and you can't figure out how to stop a dislike attack and that is your response? Is that it stop dislike attacks? You are Google. You can't figure out technology. You can't figure, I could figure out an algorithm for a dislike attack and stop it. And I'm a moron. <laughs> how can you not stop a dislike attack, Susan? Susan, do you have a comment? <laughs> She'll write a letter. Dad, how can that give anybody any faith in your YouTube ads? They can't stop dislike attacks. Unbelievable. And, and, and no, they can't because I've seen their spam moderation. It's, it's incredible. And I moved over to Reddit now. When I look in, I was looking at DIY content on remote start things. I, I went to Google. I couldn't vet something. I'm like, I forgot. I can't use Google anymore. I went to Reddit and I saw things that were upvoted and downvoted. It, phenomenal. I recommend everybody use it. Don't use YouTube. All right, it's something I definitely recommend you should use. 
is Ahrefs has a new plugin, and we would cover this anyway, so there's not an ad. There is a WordPress plugin if you, that you can use if you're an Ahrefs user, and there's a lot of awesome stuff in here. You can see a content audit where you can see things that are well-performing, underperforming, dead weight, excluded, overall performance scores, and there's SEO stats. So you can see articles, keywords, ranking, total traffic, backlinks, um, and it's great. There's a bunch of suggestions, which I think is always the most important part where you can say, hey, let's exclude this. This is great. You should merge this. You should update it. Um, and if you use WordPress like many of us do, you might want to check this out. And we're going to cover competitor in a minute. So again, we cover everything here. All right. And from The Guardian, Google will be forced to censor search results if $40,000 in damages um, win for a Melbourne solicitor. That just sounds so much more sophisticated than us is allowed to stand, and apparently there was a, uh, a man, George, out there that was, I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to get sued. <laughs> this man is a litigious fella. Um, and apparently Google had surfaced information about murder, murder charges that were dropped and they were still showing. All right, and next up from Tim Wilson, at TG Wilson on Twitter. He says, oh, looky, basic metrics via Google Analytics is available for various U.S. government websites with an API and beta. And this is really cool. You can see the actual volume on there. Everything is USPS. People care way too much about where things are. <laughs> but you can go and you can see live data and then top stuff from the past day, seven days, 30 days, really cool. Um, great use there. And via Chris Ridley and Discord, Shopify is terminating contracts with several small e-commerce fulfillment companies this week. It seems like it's going to cut their capacity by 50%. Um, and I think this makes sense. They're trying to compete with Amazon to do some of the shipping stuff. They are dominating e-commerce and e-commerce is going up. And at any point that they can really have a good solution on that, like bring it then. But for now, just keep, keep, keep dominating that space. And then once you have everybody on Shopify, which you're going to have, because you're the only one actually working out there, like then bring on the fulfillment stuff. So I don't think this is that big of a deal. It's nothing to be like, oh, don't use Shopify over it. I, st I think still we should recommend Shopify for some. All right, over 90 WordPress themes, plugins were backdoored in a supply chain attack. The threat actors compromised 40 themes and 53 plugins belonging to AccessPress, a developer of WordPress add-ons using over 360,000 active websites. My initial thought is like, what do you expect? You're using AccessPress. Like you get access to everybody. Like that's a bad name. And then it's like, it's just silly when it happens to you. So I, I got to laugh out of that, but sorry for all the web, web proprietors out there. <laughs> all right. Next up from Brian Dean at Backlinko on Twitter. He had a tweet out there that drew a lot of ire from many folks in the industry. And many folks were very congratulatory where he said, we're very excited to announce that we've been acquired by at SEMrush. Together, we are work going to work to create some of the best educational content in the digital marketing space. You can read more details here. And I checked to see if I could see the, the price. <laughs> and SEMrush, there was no price listed, but SEMrush is a public company, so you might be able to see how much they paid for that in the next filing. So if we do see that, we'll report back on it. Um, a lot of hate. A lot of hate towards Brian Dean and Backlinko. And mainly because he was making a lot of content. <clears throat> And if you notice, a lot of people that, that project the most hate are some of the people that don't produce the most content, right? Like, it's hard to sit here for an hour and 20 minutes and get every single thing right. And it's hard even just to put yourself out there for things. 
And most people that are so spiteful don't don't do nearly a fraction of the good of what Brian Dean put out there. I have a client that we've worked with via Deborah Masteller. Shout out Deborah if you're listening. That we had in 2013. I've seen their traffic. They bought into Brian's system and the skyscraper pages and all that <laughs> stupid stuff that he calls them. They focused so much on content and they grew exponentially in SEO and in business. It's unbelievable to see how much they've grown by sticking to content and sticking to making the best content. And it, yeah, Brian had stuff on SEO where he said things that were LSI keywords and some other stuff like dwell time and all that. Like, I get it. Some of those things weren't maybe the most accurate. And it has helped so, so, so many people. And I think this is a great buy, and I'm happy for him. And everybody out there complaining, stack up what you've done, all right? And I'm not saying that other people haven't. And I'm glad. I hope there's more people contributing to the community and trying to help people out. It sucks, and it's hard, right? It's not easy. It is not easy to do stuff all the time to try to help people out. And Brian has helped thousands of people out and is going to help the hundreds of thousands of people out more. It's a great purchase and I am very happy. And in general, we should just be more appreciative of people that try to help. And we should look down on those Twitter users that are just, that just throw shit all day long. Like that is all, that is, that is their entire personality. And that's sad. Like, no, sorry. Brian Dean has made so much, made content in the web a better place. And that's what I take from it. And congratulations to you, Brian. Hope you get to spend some extra time on LBI, family. <laughs> Is nice. he from Jersey? I have no idea. I Probably feel like not. He's like a, like he can a, go. It's a now, destination. Yeah, he's got yeah. that yeah. rush money. <laughs> but we'll report back if we can find the uh, amount there. All right, and next up, following how Liquid Death sold $3 million worth of merch last year, I just thought this was a cool look from a marketing standpoint. Liquid Death sells water in a can, mm-hmm. and they sold $45 million worth of merchandise last year, or worth of, of product last year, including water. $3 million of that was in merch. I got a free shirt from them, and I, wear, I wore it once. I was going to wear it today and forgot. Um, but I just like that approach. And we've kind of done that here with Mark and Clock. We make shirts that, that are, we just think are cool. And you make stickers that are stupid and we think are cool and people like it. And it's just a different way. Like you don't always have to do the same thing. And I just wanted to read one passage. I know we're long today. This happens every January, okay? They said, last summer, the company advertised made-to-order Liquid Death branded vending machines that totaled nearly 6000 apiece. The goal, according to CEO Mike Cesario, was just to see how many customers were willing to buy them. The answer, four. That's several. Not everything works, but they make shirts that are super cool, <laughs> and it's they're just trying things. And so many people don't try anymore, and I just appreciate it. And I'm on one today. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> All right. Uh, and speaking of stupidity, um, from Search Engine Roundtable and Barry Schwartz, he's not the stupid one. It's the business that came from... <laughs> A user oh. that is called Chris Tweeten on Twitter. What a great name for wow. Twitter. And it's at CTWTN. And he said, is this considered Black Hat SEO? And it's a picture of a dentist's office. And the name of the office is called Dentist Near Me. I love this. I love that it's also in like a shopping plaza that could be in, in anyone's Anywhere. town. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, yeah. Like, it's next to a great clip. <laughs> <laughs> and 
<laughs> everybody's like, the art name of the article is it might not be a great idea. Everybody's hating on it. Hey, more power to you to do whatever the heck you want. I think that is so short-sighted and so unbelievably dumb, but you know what? Whatever. I, I who am I to, You're trying something. It's just like, right, where are you going trying to? Trying something. Whoa, oh, hey, Jess. Hey, Shep. Shep hit, my friend Shep here has a dentist who's trying to kill her. They're saying, <laughs> hey, I might bring you in for a filling if, if, if I want if to. If you make me, yeah. I think I need a good dentist, but I don't really like my dentist that much. Jess, what's the name of your dentist? Uh, you know, I go to this place, dentist near me. Yeah, I think you live close to Shep. So what's the name of the of the place? It's called Dentist Near Me. You just Google it. I Google Dentist Bing Near it. Me? Don't yeah. Google oh, my business. Yeah, no, don't Google my business. Google Google <laughs> my business. But imagine how if you, imagine you're yeah. trying, you're outside of that proximity and you're trying to find the number to cancel. Like there's nothing I think smart about this other than the fact that, that it's a gag and people are talking about it. A gag. Is this a fake image? Like, is this real? Because this dentist cares about SEO. Well, it's what? easy to get people to find them. That's the whole point. I, I, I think, <laughs> look, creativity points, but for long-term business points, mm. you're a moron. <laughs> Join the club, okay? <laughs> All right, and next up from Search Engine Roundtable, cameos on Google are dead. I thought they were dead for a long time. Same. It's one of these things where you just, you, you, do what works and cameos a bunch of celebrities around there and barry schwartz was on there and you he is have, a celebrity i know obviously i mean he won best or best seo follow of the year mm -hmm. and you can see like there's will ferrell answering questions but they're getting rid of it and again it's just Nobody it's what google does it. they put something on it's, it hits the okr and then they kill it off and it's what it is. So cameos are done. All right. And one other thing for all you Wordle nerds out there, if you go to Google and you Google Wordle, it turns into those stupid colors, the logo. So go check that out if you want an Easter egg. All right. And that's it for organic bud. What's happening in social. All right. First up in social this week, news from TweetDeck via their Twitter. Keep scrolling is greater than stop scrolling. Now you can keep videos playing while you browse in the TweetDeck preview. And that sounds like stupid news, but it's great news for people that are posting video content on Twitter. Which More also, will see things. they're like, oh, keep scrolling is good. But on the actual Twitter itself, the web version, you have to reload with clicks now. So obviously, keep scrolling is not better than stop scrolling. Craig, you can relax. I can't. <laughs> I'm about to go over the hill, Jess. You don't understand. I don't know what's on the I other side of the hill. I want you to make it to the top of the hill. What I feel if it's like you're bad? Stop. What if it's bad on the other side of the hill? There's no way it's bad. This is the og. Okay. Um, Shep, write this down. Clickbait of the year, Glockster category. I have our first nominee. Sorry, we're maxed out. <laughs> I know we've had... Greg has earned four Glockster's just today ranting about things. Anyway, if you want to make this a category... Cody Plofker at Cody Ploff on Twitter has a thread that starts out with the last 10 days have been nuts. 10 days ago, we went viral on TikTok. Here's what happened since. He goes on to talk about the crazy revenue that they've gotten. There's no chance that they're slowing down all this stuff. Share some charts, then says, if you're curious what led to the inspiration behind our post, what the results have been, what I've learned, you're in luck. Essentially sign up for my newsletter. And I, <laughs> I joke that it sounded like clickbait, but he feels very genuine. I'm on his newsletter. I'm okay with it. I, I dig, I dig code. Yeah, I think it's brilliant. And if you're looking to go viral, you know, obviously we know that you can't do the same thing twice, but it might be a nice inspiration. All you got to do is sign up for a newsletter. That's fine. You Good know, job, I'll, Cody. I'll actually read his newsletter now and we'll report back next week. Please as to do. what he did. Yeah, I think it's brilliant. I'm okay. I'm with Cody. 
Next up, Twitter is working on something similar to Instagram's close friends feature, which will allow users to make tweets visible only to a small group of users. When they originally teased this, Twitter was calling it trusted friends, but that's boring. The new working name is Flock. That's with a K, not to be confused with the federated learning of cohorts, RIP. It's just literally Flock, like pack of birds. Makes sense. Are you wondering WhatsApp at work? No. <laughs> Me either. But a new integration with Meta's workplace platform will help keep employees in the know. At least that's the goal. By allowing companies to share posts from workplace over WhatsApp, they're hoping to streamline messaging while facilitating more engagement and interaction between remote employees who Meta claims are feeling increasingly detached from management and HQ. But they're big on people that are feeling increasingly detached with the real world because they're building a whole universe. So getting mixed signals from them. Speaking of Meta... <laughs> Meta, whoever. According to an article from TechCrunch, their research team is working on AI that learns equally well from visual, written, and spoken materials, as opposed to a more fragmented approach. Apparently, right now, AI can focus basically just on one of those things. So in regards to this initiative, Mark Zuckerberg said, people experience the world through a combination of sight, sound, and words, and systems like this could one day understand the world the way we do. Makes sense, but that is scary. I also disagree. There's not AI out there that can see the world the way. Nobody I don't can. Think anyone can. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm broken. But if they're listening, <laughs> one piece of the puzzle. All right. Now for we don't have a, a snazzy audio. I was gonna say graphic. We don't have a snazzy bumper for this. So I'll just say the NFT corner via Chris Ridley. Facebook and Instagram might let you create, buy, and sell NFTs. This is from TubeFilter. The coverage, their coverage of the news says that new tools could let users mint, showcase, and sell NFTs. The Verge covered this too. They noted that this move by Meta could mark a legitimizing boon. I'm covering it. And I say that once NFTs are on Facebook, they'll officially not be cool anymore. Get them on Facebook. Yeah, get them. Get rid of them. Voting's still out. You know what is cool though? Twitter, I think. I don't use it. And NFT profile picks are officially here or there on Twitter, but not for everyone, just for Twitter Blue subscribers and only for the Twitter Blue subscribers on iOS. So, and that's going to make people want to do Twitter Blue. Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. And it's just a different little border, and it's still the same stupid board ape. It's all dumb. NFTs, NFWE, like, I don't care. What? Okay. <laughs> it rhymes. It doesn't matter. You, I don't know. They're limiting something limited. It's weird. All right, let's NFC the next story. <laughs> From TechCrunch by way of BFF of the show, Glenn Gabe. Snap upgrades its AR shopping features with real-time pricing and more product details. So on the consumer side, that's really cool. It's nice to see how some, how much something costs and have that be accurate, right? That's nice. On the brand side, Snap is also improving their insights on how those various features are performing. They're updating those in real time so you can pick up on trends quickly and make decisions faster. I think that's really cool. Love to see it. And we already talked about the remix to remixes on Instagram, but Shep, it wouldn't be a social lightning round without a close-up of Adam Masseri's face. So oh, to close hey, us out, I have it for you. Can I just say something, too? This is the most tan video I've ever seen. Yeah, his shirt matches the wall. It's like he's trying to be camouflage in his own home. tan of flash. <laughs> I'll just fade into the background after that. Okay, just like him. Uh, right, so he announced remixes, obviously, but he also mentioned something else in this video. If you have scheduled a live on Instagram, you'll now get a badge in your profile to alert anyone visiting your profile that you have an upcoming live, which whatever. But the nice thing about that is that you can use that badge to subscribe to reminders about said live. So then you're reminded when that favorite creator of yours is going live and you can be sure to watch it. 
Another nugget from this video, which I alluded to earlier in the show with the main news, this is a direct quote from Adam. He says, we are focused on building for teens and creators. End quote. So as a longtime user of Instagram, an advertiser on Instagram, an engaged advertisee in my 30s, so not a teen, not a creator, I feel very supported. Thanks, Adam. And that brings us to our real life segment. Straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for working hard or hardly working. I would like to give a shout out to the advanced search on Twitter. It seems like it shouldn't be that big of a deal, but we use other things that just the search does not work. And it's very frustrating. And it's nice. Like this week, I was um, remembering that PPC Greg shared a placement exclusion list about kids YouTube channels a few months ago, and I was able to find it so quickly. So it's just nice when things work like that. Greg, what do you have? We have something that doesn't work. And it's the YouTube CTA for ads when you go to put that in. In the example that shows up, in the example ad on the right rail there, has a call to action button that says call dash to dash action. And this thing drives me hacking bananas every time I make a YouTube or video ad. Because in the grayed out text that you have to write over the top of, it's call dash two dash action. And the image says call dash two dash action. And I'm like, how do you fit that much text on there? You only have 10 characters and you can't do anything in 10 characters. There's like, it's so hard. I'm like, call to, if I could do call to action, I could do something. Call dash two dash action is 14 characters. Yeah, I was just sitting here counting. And so that's if you try to put that in, blowing. it will say enter a shorter call to action, but you can see it. And that's the example they give. And that's it. I'm just all sorts of fired up today. I'm sorry, everybody. That is truly criminal. <laughs> yes. I, I, I have a positive for Google Tag Manager. Sorry. Uh, it's a small one, but it's handy. I learned this week that you could create a variable in Google Tag Manager for managing one list of affiliate domains, essentially, if you're tracking outbound link clicks. So if you want to create a variable, again, manage it in one place to say, don't ever count these as any external link clicks. It's very nice. You can do so many things with variables in GTM, and I just never play with them. So grateful for learning that. And now for this week's Cool Tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners. And is really, really cool. This week's cool tool is the SEO Ngram tool from Ryan Jones at Ryan Jones on Twitter. Don't be intimidated by Ngrams. They're just words or phrases pulled from a larger piece of text. What this tool does in its own words is examines related search terms from Google and Bing, breaks them down into Ngrams, and displays them in a visual format to help inform your content strategy. It also shows the relationship between search term suggestions. That relationship map is actually really cool. It's interactive. You can hover. These are my words now. You can hover over a term to see its relationships and even click to explore on a deeper level. Really sweet. It's free to use and it's a nice visual way to get your content creation wheels turning. We'll have the like link. a nice quilt. It does look like a nice quilt. Wouldn't you love to be wrapped in a quilt about digital marketing? That's <laughs> <is> my example. <laughs> yeah. And this is really gold and grams. Okay. Get out Oh, here. wow. That was a cereal joke. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. We'll have the link in our newsletter as well as on Discord. Pick your poison. Check it out. And now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed, we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. 
All right. And love them or hate them. Cyrus Shepard over on Zippy has a post called, We studied 81,000 page titles and Google rewrote 61% of them. And Cyrus goes on to talk about the length and overly long titles using the same keyword more than once, separators, dashes, pipes, all that fun stuff over on zippy.com. If you're into SEO and title tags, you'll be into this post. Thank you, Cyrus. All right, that does it for today's show. Thank you again, Ahrefs Webmaster Tools, for sponsoring today's show. Like Search Console, AWT is free. However, unlike Search Console, you can see all backlinks, domain and page level SEO metrics, broken links for both internal and external links, and more than just the top thousand keywords. So please support the show and give it a test and let us know what you think. There has never been a better time than now to get your site up and running for the new year over at ahrefs.com slash awt and tell the marketing o'clock sent you. Okay, Greg, what is your addition to the playlist this week? My addition is Mac Miller, What's the Use? Okay, my addition this week will be Mariah Carey's Always Be My Baby. I'm really on a kick. <laughs> How can Just, you work to that? I, I, I don't hate that song, but I have to support Greg because he supported my musical taste at the beginning of the show. We'll see how he feels about this one. Old Number 7 by The Devil Makes 3. I never know your song. I don't know It's a song is. about Jack Daniels. Oh, very fitting. <laughs> it is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's Marketing O'Clock. If you're looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com slash newsletter to receive every single article we covered. We share the news as it breaks in our Discord community. Head over to community.marketingoclock.com to join. And we'll see you next week. Welcome to this week's Shooting the Heck. We're after our famous Friday news show. We don't talk about marketing anymore. We just... Shoot the heck. And on a recent, I believe, last week episode, but what is time, we did guilty pleasures. So now we're going to do pet peeves. And Greg is going to start us off. What is your pet peeve? All right. This is a minor pet peeve, but it really gets me. And I think it's going to get the audience. I think everybody's going to be in agreement here. A pet peeve of mine is when somebody, when talking about a dollar or dollars, calls it doll hairs. <laughs> I don't know why it drives me so crazy. They're like, oh, it's about 20 doll hairs, please. And it's like, ugh, I don't know. What cashier has ever said oh that to you? It's like somebody at a flea market or okay, something. Okay, you just inspired okay. me to change mine live on the air. Oh, wow. wow. I hate, especially in a work situation when people use the word sexy when it should not be used. You did it recently. Mm. Well, did I really? <laughs> on this show about something. <laughs> I harnessed like, my it inner about Annie PPC. Cushing. A- well, it, see, I'm ingrained. Annie Cushing, uh, analytics, the real analytics, at analytics on Twitter, has a book called Making Data Sexy. No, no. That's what Annie has. No disrespect on Annie's name, but I, I really don't like that. It really bothers me. <laughs> like, data is not sexy. I'm so sorry. So what, what did sure. I say on the show? Like, I in d- what context? I don't remember. It was about PPC, I think. Okay. <laughs> That's all I, I have to say. Do you need to cut this since I don't have a direct. No, no, okay. it's good. I, I probably would say like this isn't the most exciting. Yeah, and instead of saying, saying repeating over and over again, you could be like, oh yeah, doing this in going through and mining negatives or something isn't the sexiest job. I get that. That and I'm with you. I don't like it. And I try Are not to say it. Are you allowed to say it though? Like it doesn't bother me. I just feel like it's I shouldn't say that word. No, people say it because the they're workplace. trying to like 
I feel like people do it when they're like on a client call, when they're like trying to like break down a barrier and like get comfortable with each other and be like, we you can are the curse. queen of trying to get comfortable with We can with your curse client. and we can say this. But I do it in the opposite way where I just like blab about something that I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I'm with you though. And I, I, I try not to say it. Sometimes it's just ingrained in my head, but yeah. I get rid of old ways. And I blame Annie. So whatever. Hmm. Okay. I love Sammy, you, Annie. do you have one? <laughs> I do. One of my biggest pet peeves is when people misuse the forms of your. I have sample sentences here. This is something that's only in writing. This is, and it's an audio great? <laughs> it is only in writing, but it's important. Your is possessive. Your book, your podcast, your dog. You are your is, pet peeve. Yes, your pet peeve. You are is condensed. I can't remember what it's called. But uh, you, Y O U apostrophe R E is short for you are. So you're oh, going okay. to the movies. You're a dad. You're spelling. You're wrong. Okay. Well, I, no, I, get, I get mad. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say we're clearly not English majors because we couldn't figure out the word conjunction or contraction. <laughs> That's what it is. I get mad when people use the word you're wrong when speaking. It drives me crazy. Who? What he does what that? What are you talking about? Yeah, you know when they're you can tell you are, that they meant to say y o u apostrophe r e. That's terrible. I'm just, <laughs> yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, Sammy, I'll give it to you. I think a lot of people have that problem. All right, yes? Jessica, y o u r turn. <laughs> Thank you, Gregory. Um, mine's probably more of a me thing. It's not anything anybody else did, but I don't know what to file it under other than pet peeves. I cannot stand having other people's Tupperware or plates. Like, it's a lovely gesture. They give you food. But if somebody sends you home, I know it's bad for the environment, but if you're sending me home with leftovers from your house, like, put it in a styrofoam container, do whatever you have to do. I don't want to have to return Tupperware. My kitchen is full of my mother-in-law's kitchen implements I now, and I don't know too. what to do. That. I can't stand it. I don't know where to put it. I give it back. You know that person. Give it back. I, I know, but, like, it just, it, I don't know. I hate that, too, but I have a friend who, like, gave me some meals like after we had the baby and she wrote Zernheld on all of them so you knew she didn't want him back. That's nice. That's nice. That's Yeah, because I'll take it if I get to keep it. Mm -hmm. I don't want to keep track of other people's things. I agree. I can't stand it. Okay, well, we've got a lot of pet peeves here. Apparently, we have a lot of things to work through and we'll <laughs> see you next week.